Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Philippe Humo, CEO and co-founder of CrowdSec to the show. Philippe, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Ben, for having me. Hey, let's dive in and tell us a little bit about your SaaS background. Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I come from the regular software industry, more precisely from the pen testing industry. So basically, we were paid to breach in companies and say where and how we did it. And then I switched to a hosting environment, host, uh, high security hosting in the cloud. And, you know, this SaaS wave came in like 10 years back, something like this. And everything went SaaS. And um, this model is just too good to be true. So I wanted to have a new experience. And I wanted to be a, a software editor forever because I think something was missing in the industry. So I decided to create a software uh, vendor that would be also uh, totally uh, dedicated to cybersecurity and CrowdSec. Okay, all right. So in the software industry for a while, high tech or high security hosting and then love the SaaS model. So tell us, yes, a little bit, you're co-founder of CrowdSec. So what does CrowdSec do? Well, CrowdSec is basically uh, founded on the thinking of ways, but for cybersecurity. So Waze revolutionized the uh, you know GPS landscape. Let's put it like this mm -hmm. by making it a social thing, right? You share the the road hazards, you see the speed traps, the problems, and so on. So Waze just needs three informations, or let's say four from you: mm -hmm. it needs your position, your heading, and your speed, and basically any user input you want to add on top of it, like uh, I saw someone you know in jeopardy on the highway. Fine. And with this, they are able to map the whole world and where are the troubles, which is absolutely amazing. So what we're doing is very similar, but for the firewalls. So if one machine is being aggressed, we just need to know when, what IP address, and what is the behavior that we're facing. And by sharing it with the whole world, we see if several machines are facing the same problem from the same IP address. And if it's true, then we know for a fact that we can ban this IP address as long as it stays aggressive. Okay, really, really interesting. And and so like your example, so if one firewall, like having an issue at a company and you see it somewhere else at a company, same IP, and then you can, you know, I guess do something with that, you know, ban the IP or block the IP temporarily or whatever it might yes. be. Yeah, we send an order to the network to block this IP address. And it's important to see that it's not so important. Well, what is important is to add IP addresses but also to remove them quickly because mm -hmm. people are borrowing IP addresses and IP addresses are changing hands constantly. So it's not only about adding to the block list, it's also about removing from the block list. So being in as real time-ish as you can be. Okay, really interesting. So who, who are you selling this product to? Is it users, is it companies? Who, who's your uh, end user for the product? Well, this is a really interesting point to touch on because it's, it's um, we are a bit of a blue ocean strategy uh, here. You know, we are an open source company at heart. So we created an open source free software. It's an MIT license and we charge zero euro for it. So you can use it in any context you want. Mm -hmm. The next door hospital is using it, for example, and that's cool. They can defend themselves for free. Now, obviously, uh, we don't live from edible moss collected in the forest, right? We're not monks. Uh, so we need to feed ourselves and my guys are costing a lot of money because they are talented uh, cybersecurity uh, operations guys. So obviously they don't come for free. So how we do it is that we sell the signals in real time to large companies that are interested in into leveraging them. Whether they partake into the network or not, we don't care. They can use it if they pay for it. 
and they get a global overview of whatever is happening over the internet in real time, which costs them euros for that or dollars, whatever. And um, we are targeting specifically banks, MSPs, uh, pharmaceutical industries, manufacturing, you know, those large companies, mm -hmm. usually more than 2,500 people, sorry. Okay, so like, you know, your Waze example, so say I could get navigation through Waze, but to see real time, you know, alerts or potholes or whatever it might be, you know, they would then sell that those signals. So just like you, they can, everyone can use the product for free, but then to get those real time alerts of what's happening around all your installations, they would then pay for those those signals. Yeah, especially true. I mean, we give a lot of signals for free as well to the people partaking to the network as a reward, a bit like mm -hmm. in a blockchain context, right? So we reward them with IP addresses that are aggressive toward their specific typology, but they don't get to see the whole picture. They are just protected against what is a threat for them. Now, larger companies have a larger footprint and they want to automate a lot of things. This is where extra services kicks in. This is where extra layers of data are interesting. And not every company is properly equipped with the tools to leverage all those data. That's why also we are selling rather to the larger companies than the smaller one. Mm -hmm. So I interviewed another founder who <clears throat> created open source, actually in France too, Pierre Bergy. And it seemed like the community a lot of momentum with open source. So how many installations or downloads do you have? What do you measure as progress in, in open source? Yeah, so for, for the listeners, what we call in this lingo uh, of the investment world, we call this the North Star KPI. So our North Star KPI is a number of installations. Um, indeed, and we are overing around 0.5% uh, gross daily. Uh, and the base is around 135,000 installs so far, which would relate to somewhat 300, 400,000 machines in the world listening to those signals because one installation can defend several machines. That's a bit tricky, mm -hmm. but whatever. So long story short, several hundreds of thousands of servers are protected and reporting the signals and the threats they're facing. Okay, so about 135 installs roughly translates into about 300 to 400,000 servers in your community, you know, protecting each other through this, this kind of Waze type application. Uh, yeah. yeah, really amazing, really interesting. And when did you found CrowdSec? Well, it was three years ago in December, exactly uh, the 29th, something like this, of uh, 2019. 19? And then, um, you know, it was a, a journey uh, for investment because you have to run. I mean, open source is great because it's viral. So it, it's kind of a self-selling value if you do it properly. You collect a bit of stars on GitHub. You get all your LinkedIn network together. You say, I'm going to ask you a favor once and once only in my lifetime. It's like upvote on this, that, that platform and star me on, on GitHub. You start to take off. And then you have a proof of concept. You start raising money from BA and, uh, and uh, you know, smart money from business angels. We raised 700,000 euros at that time. And then we had a seed round the next year uh, of 4 million euros to uh, establish ourselves as the largest ever net CTI network in the world, mm -hmm. which is probably true by now. And um, now the A round was all around monetization of the concept because it's great. You have a lot of data. Now the, the VCs want to know if they are worth something. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were lucky enough to be able to raise in 2022, uh, second, quarter, uh, second semester, whereas the period was a bit more trickier uh, than before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
And we'll, we'll get to your fundraising story here. And where is your company located? Are you virtual? Are you located in one, one spot? 100% virtual. I would not be able to hire so many talents if I had an office, honestly. I mean, people really want to work on distance now. And uh, it allows me to have an amazing uh, diversity in the ranks, probably like we are 24 now heading towards 35 people. And we come from already eight different countries, speak 14 different languages. fluently. Mm -hmm. uh, my English being excluded from this scope. And uh, we are mostly based in France, but not all of us. Some in uh -huh. England, some in Denmark, some in India mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And some okay. In okay, great. Uh, so 24 staff heading up to 35. And then anything you want to share around your revenue range, ARR size right now? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's no secrecy at CrowdSec. Everything is extremely transparent. My goal is to create what we call the first glass unicorn, a unicorn you can see through because everything mm -hmm. is transparent. So for now, our revenue are around 100,000 euros. Uh, end of the year, it's going to be probably 300,000. But next year, we will, we will head toward 1.5 and then 5 million uh, mm -hmm. Euro uh, in turnover, um, but it can go faster than that because we have, you know, interesting uh, demands from very large groups in the U.S. and in France and in Europe. So I'm rather confident on the wrap up of revenues, but you know, a crisis is coming our way. I mean, globally in the economy, so we still have to be careful about those statements. You know. Okay, and so about 100,000 euros right now, and your go-to-market motion is a little different, say, than like a traditional B2B SaaS. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, how do you find communities? How do you create this momentum to get the installs? Yeah, so one thing that is very amazing with open source first and foremost is that you know about the 3% that hates you, you know about the 3% that loves you, but basically you don't know about the 94% that are in between. They are just users, you know, and sometimes you take a plane, you cross the path of someone that recognize your, your logo and they tell you, oh, you're working at that company. But yeah, oh, I have something I have to ask you about how to uh, organize my defense. Okay, right. Uh, how, tell me what's the problem. And, uh, and then you learn that the biggest railway company in France is using the software and you had no clue about it, like literally. Yeah. And that, you know, the, the, the Norwegian army is using it, that the Dutch government is using it, that the DOD, the Pentagon is using it. You're like, that's open source, my friend. That's great because everybody can use it. But that's also not so great because you don't know about them. So how do you start the momentum? Well, as I told you, you start on GitHub, you develop a product that, has, that makes some sense. You start spreading it around to the influencers like podcasters and influencers in the cybersecurity industry or in your industry, mm -hmm. uh, it relates to any industry. And then for uh, our specific uh, case, I did a, um, a bit of uh, GitHub stars hunting by connecting all my networks together uh, from the founders. We, we crawl all our LinkedIn contacts. We sent one email and one only saying, okay, we will ask you once for a favor. It was 5,000 people. Please click here, click here, click here. It will help us kickstart the company. And then we became a trendy company on GitHub, then more people got to see us and so on and so forth. So this is how we started the snowball. Okay, really interesting. So yeah, did a little, like you said, GitHub star hunting, crawled LinkedIn, created a list of about 5,000, sent an email, just said, hey, one favor, you know, upvote whatever, like us, you know, to, to start creating that momentum. Uh, really interesting. And so you mentioned earlier, you've raised, you raised 700K and then 4 million, and then just recently a 14 million series A in euros. Um, 
So with that latest 14 million raise, what did you see that said, we're ready for more capital? Well, it was always a plan. I mean, I, I am the kind of guy walking in the street with a plan because I don't think you can succeed in business by just being instinctive. Um, and, and we see here, for example, great example in the US with Elon Musk, the guy had a plan to create rockets that would be reasonable and so on and made a success out of it. And then instinctively wanted to buy Twitter and it's a failure. Well, it looks like a failure so far. So, um, you know, I love the fact to have a plan. So we know exactly what we want to do, where we should be at that moment in time and so on, and what capital we need at, to get there. So it was a long thought through plan for years and years uh, before we decided to, to step into the business. And also we are not six, week, six weeks uh, rabbits, you know, we are experimented uh, uh, business owners and founders. So we knew more or less we, what amount of cash and capital we would need to get this momentum and get to the result as fast as we want it. Because, you know, the product is around for two years only in a, in a, in a one zero stable version. Mm -hmm. So getting 135,000 people to install it in just two years, it's just, it's extremely fast. We are considered fast movers in our industry. So for that, we needed capital. So we knew at the very inception of the project that we would sell it at some point to a large company probably a massive hyperscaler, you know, F5, GCP, Microsoft, or Palo Alto, I don't mm -hmm. know, we don't care. The day we have this asset, the real-time map of all IP addresses uh, owned or used by uh, cyber criminals, it's worth a billion. So more, one day we'll sell a billion, but since it's an open source product, the, the community will never be betrayed. We are Robin Hood here. We will leave behind a legacy of a free software, extremely good quality that they will be able to use forever. And now the big guys that want to buy us and buy the network and use the network for their benefits, but they will not be able to steal it from the users will be probably an hyperscaler. So we know that we will exit in three to four years from now on a nine zero valuation, hopefully. Okay. And so with open source, with the 14 million, is this something where it just takes that time, it takes cash to continue to build the product, build the community, build the momentum, and then monetization starts happening later and starts catching up with your momentum? Yeah, so 14 million was exactly done for that. We had to build a network first, have a value to sell, because when the guy in seeds are coming, they're like, okay, when do we start selling? Well, not now, because first we have to have something to sell. Mm -hmm. And the one thing we sell is data because the product as such is free. So if you want to sell data, you have to have a meaningful data and a meaningful network. So the money you're putting in it now mm -hmm. is only and solely made to expand the network. Now, now that we have a strong network, the 14 million is about expanding the sales, the footprint, specifically in the US, uh, where the biggest market uh, is, mm -hmm. obviously, and um, start ramping up operations on the sales and marketing front. Because it, technically speaking, we are set, it runs, we expand mm -hmm. the product, but this is not where the massive investment will be now. It's like one third of this 14 million. The rest is roughly one third for marketing, one third for sales uh, to kick off the sales in the US uh, mainly. Okay, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you've raised a, a significant amount of capital so far. So for the SaaS founders executives listening right now, what are some lessons that you've learned along the way with these fundraising rounds? Well, the average number of uh, VCs I've been discussing with um, before raising is 50. 
So 50 or 48 for the seed round and 45, something like this for the A round. Uh, raising the smart money was easiest by a long mile. Took us something like two months, not, not even. Uh, I would totally put them again into uh, what we call a special purpose vehicle, meaning you regroup them, you can take 20 people, your grandma is putting 1,000 euros and a major business center is putting 100,000 euros and it's no problem, they all live in the same special purpose vehicle, which is basically a holding that takes like 17% of the company and gives you in exchange 700,000 euros to take, to keep taxing, uh, to take off, sorry. Then the seed round is ballpark estimation around 20% of capital you will leave, leave behind, but it's a long uh, explanation. You have to be very convincing, but it's an extremely dynamic market. So I would not be so worried about the seed round. Now what is tricky is the A round, because this is where you should show the first results. You're not a promise anymore. Mm -hmm. You're a real thing and you have to show results and momentum. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the trickiest because the B round, is a, a succeed or die thing, you know? Either you monetize properly and it's a mechanical thing, or you did not and you're dead, period. And you were stored on the shelf with the good ideas, you know? So, yeah. All right, so yeah, so the tip there with that series A round, right now you've got to show results, momentum to really have a successful A round before more promises, more story, you know, to, to sell that fundraising round, but now you've got to show results with, with the Series A, which makes a lot of sense. So really appreciate your, your time today, Philippe. And as we wrap up, what's next for your company? What's coming up that's exciting for CrowdSec? Well, so many things already. I mean, I see people using the product in ways we have not even been thinking about. Like people are passing plain logs or pacemaker logs, whatever is spitting logs can be passed by the software, even though we are focusing on the cybersecurity industry. So people are using it in plenty of ways, exploring the possibilities, and that's great. I mean, it's totally escaping uh, our own sphere and our own thinking. So I, I, I like this a lot. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, putting boots on the ground of the US is the big thing for us this year. I'll be delighted to land in New York, in Columbia, in Boston, uh, soon enough engineering to start uh, explaining to, uh, to the US uh, market makers that yes, we hold something that is absolutely unique, built on the community for the community, but that large companies will totally love because of the output of the network. Uh -huh. So yeah, this, these are what I'm, the things I'm looking for. And when you start to have momentum and add logos, you know, and, and, and get money in, it's the end of the road you succeeded after it's about scaling but you know i'm a lifter I, I like to see myself as an entrepreneur that is doing the heavy lifting from the ground and put the the, the rocket on its path and after someone else has to pilot it and make it even better and larger and so on it's not my profile anymore but i like this yeah. part yeah so interesting because earlier you said yeah you want to exit in three to four years so and like you said now, so you you like the creation part, you know, creating from scratch, mm. building it to a point, and then someone else can be the pilot and scale it to something large. Yeah, I'd be representing the company, I'd be selling, I'd be explaining, I'd be doing whatever you want from me, but the executive CEO, you know, that will be uh, putting on the knobs yeah. properly and, and doing the fine tuning is probably not me. And I don't think... Uh, a CEO can be kind of universal, you know, it can be a lifter and then become the head of a super large companies. And when you see mm -hmm. on the industry, it's usually two different types of profiles, you know, 
some are doing the, the, the first vehicle, putting it in orbit, and then others are doing mm -hmm. way bigger thing out of it. And I'm yeah. fine with this. I know my limits. That's, that's so yep. fine. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that insight. So Philippe, really appreciate the time today. If in sharing your background, sharing about CrowdSec, if the listeners would like to learn more about CrowdSec, where can they find you online? So they can go on crowdsec.net. Be careful because close to the sea, there's an X on your keyboard and it's an entirely different website. Uh, crowdsec.net and they can find us also on GitHub, but just typing crowdsec in Google will lead you everywhere you need to be. Okay, so crowdsec, S-E-C yes. dot N-E-T and they'll Absolutely. find Philippe and the, and the company. So Philippe, really appreciate your time today, sharing your story and uh, best of luck in your journey next year. My pleasure, Ben. See you soon. Bye.